Hey guys, we are going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to the breakout on social media. We're happy to have you guys all here. Uh, my name is Aaron Nelson. I'm the Salt Company Director in Springfield, Missouri at Missouri State. Bear up. Where are we at, Bears? We love it. Hey, one of the things we want to do to start off is just kind of tell you, since we're talking about social media, where all three of us are at in our use of social media currently. So from about 19 to 24, I was severely addicted to social media. Uh, we're talking like six hours of screen time a day type of thing. Really bad stuff. Um, and then when I was about 24, I was like, hey, that's kind of an issue. It's a lot of my day. So I got down to like four. And then in the last year, I decided, hey, I don't want to be giving four hours of my day to my phone. And so I officially, as in the last six months, am Facebook and Instagram free, everybody. I'm Larissa. I'm on staff at Colorado State, the greatest university in Colorado. And my social media, it's true. It's true. Sorry, Drake. Um, yeah, I, my social media usage has ebbed and flowed over the years. I would say, actually, in the last six months, I had to have a friend keep me accountable because I noticed I was just scrolling way too long at night. I currently do have Snapchat and Instagram on my phone um, activated, but I feel like I'm in a really healthy season right now. And we'll talk more about struggles I've had with it as we go throughout the breakout. Yeah, my name's Drake. I get the unique privilege uh, to be the better bears at the University of Northern Colorado and the greatest university and most prestigious university in Colorado. Am I right? Yes. Go Bears. Go Bears forever. Um, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm 27 years old, so I've been on social media since the MySpace days. Anybody know what MySpace is? Do we know? No. Okay. Nobody knows what MySpace is, uh, which is embarrassing and awkward, but it's a good way to start uh, this, this breakout. Um, but yeah, so... That's how long I've been on social media. Uh, I think that it can actually be a great tool. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. But just like every other tool, if left unchecked, I think it can become an idol even for people in this room for me as well. And so that's what I've experienced. And how we actually wanted to start off this breakout is what I want you to do. Everyone, can you actually just get out your phones for me right now? You can get, you can get out your phones. It's okay. You're like, am I allowed to do this? Like, are we sure? You have permission. You have permission. And, and here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you guys to actually turn off your cell phones for the next 45 minutes, for the, oh for, for the remainder of this breakout, okay? Turn off, and not like do not disturb, okay? I'm talking like swipe. You yeah, guys know, slide that you thing across. Slide it across. Down. And turn off your phone. I'm curious how Everyone's many people are pretending right now. <laughs> They're pretending. We see you fakers. All right, we'll, get, we'll give you guys five seconds. You probably don't even know where the power button is anymore, so... Turn off your phones. There's a lot of you that just did like a fake, like, yep, I did it right there. Now their camera's open. Now the camera, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. All right, hey, guys, here's what, here's what just happened when we asked you guys to turn off your phone. Uh, 20 years ago, if we were in this room for conference, nobody in this room would have had a smartphone. But now that we are here in 2024, we asked you guys to turn off your phone, and like we feel untethered from the world. We're like, can I breathe? Am I okay? It's been five seconds. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to survive. And it, it's actually this thing. Uh, it's a real thing. I just looked it up because I was like, are we sure? It's called nomophobia. That's an actual thing. It's, it, it feels not real, but it's called nomophobia. It's just uh, this 
anxiousness from when we are not being able to be connected to our phones 24-7. And even like 73% of young adults right now would say, if I don't have access to my phone, I am going to be anxious. Like, what if the police call? Like, that has never happened. But what if it happens, you know? And so a lot of you guys even right now are like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling some things that I'm not sure why I'm feeling this way. But that's actually what we want to talk about for the rest of for the rest of our time. And it's crazy because social media uh, is changing us like crazy. And here's the deal. Like we know that you guys didn't create Snapchat and Facebook when you were a baby. OK, we know that you guys weren't the one creating it. You guys inherited a lot of this. And so like really our goal is not to, going to be to shame you guys. Aaron will get into that. Our goal is not going to be to shame you. We don't expect you guys to grow out your beers, move to rural Montana, and churn butter for the rest of your life, okay? That's not what we're asking. But you could. But you could. But you really could. It's, it's, a, it's a fine option. Montana's fine. Um, but really what we want to do for the rest of our time is just to give you guys information to help you make informed choices. Yeah, so what do we want to do with the rest of our time? We have a few purposes and a few goals for our breakout today. But first, I want to talk about what we don't want to do. So our goal today is not to shame anyone. To say like, wow, you guys are using social media. How could you? It's not to come up here and just trash social media, uh, certainly. And it's also not to just convince you to quit using it. Although for some of you, that is going to be where you find yourself walking out of here. Is Your next step is going to be pulling up that app, going to settings, hitting deactivate, and feeling like your life's ending for a few days. But that is going to be some of your steps, but that is not our goal to do those things. Here are three goals. If you're like a note taker, if you actually, now that your phone's off, have a notepad to actually take notes on. It's, it's weird. It's called paper. Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird paper thing. and pen. Here's our three goals. Here's the three things that we want you to walk away with. So first, we want you to walk away with an understanding of the purpose of social media at a high level. And we're going to talk really briefly about that. We're not going to spend very much time there, but to just to have a high level understanding of the purpose of social media. Number two, we want you to walk away with an understanding of how social media is transforming you, how it's changing you. And finally, what we, what we want you to walk away with is practical tools on how to engage social media in a healthy way. How as Christians do we walk in life with this access to this thing and do it in a manner that is worthy of Christ? So let's, let's talk up real quick about what the purpose of social media is. What's this intention? I want to walk through three, three main intentions of social media. Um, there's more than just these three, but I think these three are really important. So the first one, the main intention of social media is to connect, connect, right? God created us to connect with other people. We're relational human beings. It's part of our design. And so that's why we were created. And one of the cool things about social media is it gives us unique opportunity to do just that. You're like, wow, did he just say something good about social media in the social media breakout? Yes. Like social media isn't all bad. As I was preparing for the breakout, I was actually talking with another staffer at the church I work with, and she was sharing about one of the things she loves about social media. She had a baby in the last two years. She's like, I love getting to share my child with some of my favorite people that I no longer live by anymore, that don't get to experience them growing up. It's like a way for me to connect. So that's, a, that's the first main intention of social media is to connect people to other people. The second one, first one, connect. Second one, expose. Expose. So when I say that, it's, it's kind of twofold. It's to expose to products, but also to expose to things like worldviews and things like experiences. 
Here's the thing about social media. It is the greatest exposure tool in the world currently. We're constantly being exposed to things. Like you guys know when you're scrolling on, on whatever, Snapchat, Instagram, and you get to one of those things that's like 27 things you need to buy from Amazon for under $15 right now. Then you hop on there and you start swiping through their knickknacks and you're like, I don't need know. And then you find that one thing, right? It's like just constantly exposing us to products, but it's also exposing us to worldviews, both good and bad. Like anybody follow like really great social media influencers that are like Christians that are really inspiring. Like it's really helpful sometimes, but we all know some of the others who fall on the other side of that and exposes us to worldviews that aren't helpful, that maybe actually spur us away from Christ. So number one, connect. Number two, expose. And number three, retain. Retain. What do I mean when I say retain? Retain your use and retain your attention. Retain your use. Have you ever tried to delete a social media account? It's one of the hardest things in the world to do. It's like figuring out the next great escape. Like you, you go to Facebook, you go to the app. It's like you can't do it in the app. You got to get on your laptop. You get on a laptop. It takes you like to the metaverse thing. You got to click. It's so hard to delete. Like social media apps want you to continue to use them so they can continue to expose you to their products that they're selling. But then they're meant to retain your attention. Right? The algorithm's a joke. We all laugh about, oh, my algorithm's got me looking at this. That algorithm is to keep your attention, to continue to just expose you over and over and over again as often as possible. So those are the three main intentions of social media, connect, expose, and retain. So super high level, that's what it is. Drake, these purposes have had major effects on humanity at large. Can you give some more insight into ways that social media is changing us, like how it's transforming us as a people? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to just point out two two different things uh, over the next uh, 10 minutes or so. These both come from a book called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Highly recommend. I chose two of them, the best ones, uh, to debrief it for you guys. But the first one uh, is just that we as a society, we are addicted to distraction. That's the first thing that this book points out. We are addicted to distraction. The average screen time for college students and young adults right now is about eight to 10 hours per day. Like if you want to feel terrible about yourself, go look at your screen time, uh, eight to 10 hours per day. And that starts in the morning with a recent survey actually saying that 50% of like Bible believing Christians say that the first thing that they do when they wake up is to check their phone in the morning. Uh, and so that, that's one thing. But then also the average person is also, uh, checking their phone an average of 81,500 times per year, which is going to be equivalent to about once every four minutes. Once every four minutes, you're tempted to check your phone, which means that even just in the time of this breakout room, even though your phone is off, right? Even though your phone is off, you're going to be tempted to check your phone 12 different times just in this span. That's how much we are just addicted to distraction. And just to see kind of what that's doing to us as human beings, like on an actual level, and even just you as college students, is that it takes 64 seconds to re-engage with what you were doing after you get done checking your phone. And so if you're doing your homework, you check your phone probably after about four minutes, it's going to take you after you put your phone away another 64 seconds just to re-engage with what you were doing. That's like a lot of time wasted in the day when we can only think in little chunks uh, of time. And so um, really when we take some of these high arching like statistics that we see and actually apply it 
it to biblical truths, I think it's super easy to see the correlation with the parable of the sower. Uh, if you remember parable of the sower, what happens is a farmer, he comes out, he throws some seeds onto the ground, right? The first one throws some seeds onto the ground. It gets onto the road immediately. It gets snatched away. The second one, it falls onto the ground. It starts to come up, but the sun scorches it, withers it. The third one, it is, it starts to grow a little bit, right? The word of God starts to grow, but it gets choked out by the weeds. And then the fourth one is actually where the seed falls on good soil and it produces life. And Jesus goes on to say that really what he's talking about in that parable is our receptivity to the word of God, our receptivity to the word of God. And so he's really describing something that happens in a room much like this, just like conference, You see, what happens uh, at at a place like conference is the word of God is going to be preached. And for some people in conference, it didn't land on your hearts at all. And it's just going to be snatched away right away. For others, it's going to start to grow. But then once persecution comes, it is going to snatch it away as well. But really, I'm not even actually concerned about those two soils. The, The soil that I'm concerned about for this room, for the people at conference, for the people listening on the podcast is actually the third soil where it it falls on some pretty decent soil. It starts to grow a little bit, but it says that the weeds of life choke it out. And really what we come to find that those weeds are, are one, the the deceitfulness of riches. But then the second one is it just says the desire for other things. That's pretty vague, right? And I actually think that's on purpose because what he's doing, like Jesus isn't saying like for the word of God to be snatched up from you and choked out. He's not saying like it's some like illicit like sex or some power struggle for you. No, he's just saying that basically at the end of the day, some other thing in your life is going to appear more desirable than Jesus and what he actually wants to do in your heart, that it's never going to burst forth into life. And so my concern primarily for this room is that the enemy's greatest tactic for your life, it's not going to be some crazy sin that you guys commit, but it's just going to be the weeds of distraction that are constantly choking out God's blessing in your life. The little distractions, little dopamine hits, clicks, lights, followers that are blocking us from bearing the type of fruit that God wants for you and the type of abundant life that he has actually called you to. Because it's really difficult to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength when we're constantly distracted and being diverted to other things. Yeah, and I think one of the unique hardships that faces the people in this room is that all of us were raised by that distraction. Every single one of us was raised by that distraction. The idea of distraction itself is definitely not new. It's why we see Paul in Colossians 3.2 say, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Like it's this idea of we, we are so likely and so pulled to get distracted by things that are not that of God. And so the idea of distraction itself is not new, but the object in which this room is being distracted is new. MySpace, Drake mentioned it earlier, was made in 2003. All right, 2003. Raise your hand if you were born before 2000. There's like nine of you in here. That's so good. I love you guys. The 2000s. Let's go. You love it. Come on. Very few people in this room were evenly cognitively thinking and aware of what was happening around them when social media wasn't a thing. 
Social, MySpace hit a million users for the first time in like 2005. Many of us don't even remember life before social media and how it functioned. So this specific distraction, what we're talking about today, is something that we're learning to maneuver for the very first time. So why do I say that? Because I want to remind everyone that this isn't just a condemnation. What we're talking about today is an actual difficult thing to do. And we're learning to do it for the first time in history in the last 20 years. And so I just want us to be aware of that and to actually learn how can we faithfully follow Jesus while having a computer in our pocket that lets us access everything in the world at any time. So Drake, one of the ways social media is changing us is that we've become addicted to distraction. What's the next one? Yeah, so addicted to distraction is one. The second one is that we are disconnected and lonely. We are disconnected and lonely, which feels pretty ironic, right? Like the whole reason that smartphones and social media exist and were created was to help kind of cure the epidemic of loneliness that we've already been experiencing. But now, like we could, we could be together always and all the time, at least digitally. However, uh, as more data comes out, the more we see a direct correlation between the rise in social media and the usage and also the rise in depression and loneliness and anxiety. And so it's almost kind of created this weird dynamic where like we have a desire where we never want to be uh, or we want to be alone in public, but we never want to be alone in seclusion. Like we, we always want to be connected uh, while we're secluded, but we want to just be alone in public. And yet, even with all that, even with this rapid rise of technological advances in our lifetime, our hearts are still the exact same as they were a hundred and a thousand years ago. Like we still, because we are made in the image of God and we are image bearers, we still have this like deep desire to be fully known and fully loved. Like we need the depth of three dimensional connections that our online lives just simply cannot give us. And social media, what, it, what it's going to try to do is actually just sell us a bill of goods that deep connections and friendships and all these things can be made via a virtual world. But here, but here's what that has started to do and what statistics are showing is starting to do in our hearts is that our hearts are looking for the depth of connection and meaning and purpose and relational uh, intimacy in the really shallow waters of social media. Like that's what social media is doing and that's what it's designed to do is that it's training you to look for depth in really shallow waters. It is training you to try to fill the insatiable appetite of your soul with little snack-sized bites of approval and affirmation and validation. And so the next time you guys like actually pick up your phone, what I want you to do is just to ask yourself, why? Like so often we go to our phones, not for information, but actually for validation or for comfort or for purpose or to avoid something. And so I just want to invite you guys to just reflect on that because here's the reality is that God, he doesn't want you to go to things for all of these, for the meaning and the purpose and the significance of life. He actually wants you to come to himself. He wants you to come to him. And the good news for us here in this room today is that our need for connection is not going to just be met by like followers or more likes or more Snapchat friends or anything, but can actually be met by our maker 
It's, it's what the uh, woman at the well was experiencing in John chapter 4, is that she was constantly going back to the same well over and over and over again, thinking that she was going to be satisfied by that water. And that's going to be the lie of social media for you guys, is that more likes, more followers, more views, is more distractions is just going to try to numb out the outside world. And hopefully one day, eventually, it can f- start to satisfy the deep longings in your soul. But really, it's actually going to leave you feeling less than more than when you, when, than when you started scrolling two hours ago, right? Rather than just realizing that Jesus is the only one that can offer you the satisfaction and the approval and the deep satisfaction of your heart and of your soul. And so I think my first call for you guys today would be in this like shallow world of social media is to find the deep and the perpetual reality that you have a maker who made you, who wants a relationship with you, and that he's actually the only one that can satisfy the deep longings of your soul. It's not going to be social media. It's going to be your maker who made you and who wants a relationship with you. That's good. Yeah. And, and on top of that, that maker also has given us the opportunity to connect with one another. And so oftentimes social media, like you guys felt it as you walked in here today. Some of you came in alone and instead of, you know, 30 years ago, people would have had to talk to other people as they walked in. Now what do we do? I do this too. Boom. And we're not connecting with others. So social media is changing us through distraction. It's changing us through loneliness. And it has massive impact on us on an individual basis. But it doesn't just change us on an individual level. It also changes us on a relational level. Larissa, tell us about that. Yeah. So the reality is, right, we are shaped by who we surround ourselves with. And that becomes, that is also true of what we're looking at on our phones. So maybe someone you're following is, doesn't have the title of influencer, but whether we like it or not, our phone is influencing our view of God, our relationship with others, our relationship with ourself. And he, Drake said, a helpful question is to ask, why am I opening up my phone? I think another helpful question to ask is when we put our phone down, asking, what did I just set before my eyes? When I was a freshman at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, uh, a psalm I memorized was Psalm 101.3. It was a prayer that my mom taught me, and it's been really powerful in my life. It's, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. And I think there are so many things on TV, on our phones, that we listen to that are not worthwhile. In Salt Company, we cannot be complacent about the things that we put on our hearts and minds. Because social many, media, for many people, is the start of sexual impurity. Pornography is not harmless, it is destructive, and it is costly. And I'm not just saying this from a Christian moral perspective. Right now, 85% of men and 60% of women your age are struggling with pornography on a monthly basis. And that leads to a 300% increase in the likelihood of struggling with mental things like depression, suicide, anxiety, loneliness, body image, all which impact our relationship with others. This is a problem and it's not harmless. But here's why we're sharing this in a breakout about social media. You guys are a target and you have access to social media anytime on your phone. Aaron mentioned it, but there are algorithms out there that are targeting you. So if you've ever wondered why you've received a direct message and then it led to a pornography site, it's because that was their intention. This industry is about making money by exploiting people, which is just sad and sick. And I'm sorry, this is something that your generation faces. And I don't want to limit sexual impurity to just pornography. Sexual impurity includes finding validation on the photos you're sharing of yourself and other people are seeing. It's lusting after someone's body as you're scrolling on TikTok. It's objectifying someone when scrolling through the photos on your feed, comparing your body to someone else's, and fantasizing about who someone is and what it would be like to be in a relationship with them. 
All of these things have potential to control our minds and lead to sexual impurity when we open up our phones. And then when that happens, not only do we start to become addicted to our sexual impurity temptations, but to the medium in which we fill this, which is, in this case, social media. And guys, I don't share this to shame you if you're feeling that right now, but to remember that we are weak and we have a weak flesh and we need the power of Christ within us, the power of community, and the power of healthy boundaries with social media to help fight this. And I don't say this without having experience and struggles in this area too. To be vulnerable with you guys, I've been that girl that's posted a photo on my story and then quickly started to seek validation from other girls and what they commented about my appearance. Getting more more vulnerable with you, in the last six months, I've been that girl that scrolled a single guy's Instagram because someone name-dropped this guy to me. I added him, hoping that he would follow me back. And there was nothing wrong with looking at some photos of this dude that would maybe be a good option for me to date. But it's when I started to look at their past experiences, photos of their job, their home life, and then started to fantasize about who this person was and what they could offer in a relationship is where it started to become unhealthy. What started as opening up my Instagram app and just doing some mindless stalking quickly turned to planning a future with someone I had never met. And this is why it's dangerous and we have to be on guard. I actually deleted Instagram off my phone because I realized I was becoming so obsessive about it and starting to idolize this false reality that wasn't healthy for me and completely unfair to the individual I was fantasizing about. 1 Peter 5.8 says to be sober mindful, to be sober minded and to be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And our encouragement is to be watchful, to protect your mind, to say, what did I just look at on my phone after you've done it, after you've opened up your phone, and to protect yourself from thoughts and images that your heart, your mind, and your spiritual walk do not need. Yeah, I want to draw back to one specific thing Larissa said there. Um, She said social media for many people is the start of sexual impurity. Social media is the start for many of sexual impurity. That statement demands this room's attention. We have to listen to the reality of that statement. Now, this is not a breakout on sex and sexual struggles, but hear me. It is really hard to talk about social media without talking about sexual struggles. They oftentimes come very hand in hand. We are all people created with sexual desires. It's part of God's good design for us. He created us with those desires. But as we see in James 1, 14 through 15, it says each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. This word conceive used here in James means to seize, to seize. Social media, please hear this, social media is a playground for desire. It is a playground for desire. It is Everywhere when you open up your app, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it, like YouTube, it is all over the place. Desire sexually, desire materialistically, desire fantasy, like it is everywhere. And it is really hard, if not impossible, to not seize that desire, to not allow that desire to conceive and turn into sin. Can we just be really honest for a second? And just have integrity with our hearts. The rabbit hole of sexual impurity through social media is rampant. Guys, I didn't delete my social media accounts because I'm super altruistic and super holy and really great. It's because 
I was spending time looking at things that my eyes should not have been looking at. And in order to continue to live a life that I want to live as a follower of Jesus and knowing myself that I didn't have the discipline and self-control to not do it, I had to get rid of it. It's a playground for desire, and we have to understand this. This is why I say we really, like, not everybody in this room, you're going to be called to get, get rid of your social media walking out of this room, but some of you need to seriously consider it. You've been really working through a pornography struggle for a while now. You've been really working through a masturbation struggle for a while now, and you haven't linked it back to social media. But I'm telling you, if you really consider the start of some of these thoughts that lead you down those trails, oftentimes it will link back to something you saw six hours earlier on your phone you were looking at alone. And so we have to be willing to acknowledge those types of things. As Christians, we have to identify the ways we are seizing our desires through social media and the ways that it is affecting us. So those are the ways that we want you to understand how social media is transforming us. One, individually, it's distracting us and making us more lonely, but also it's changing us relationally and sexually. Something all three of us have been really passionate about as we have been preparing for this break is that we wanted to give really practical tools for you guys to walk out of here with today. So we're going to go there. We're going to get really tangible for a second of how to engage with social media in a healthy way. Larissa, you want to kick us off with the first tool? Yeah, my first one. Buckle up. It is be in the driver's seat. Um, With social media left unchecked, it's really easy to allow it to start controlling us rather than us controlling social media. And how we know if it's controlling it is what is my response when I don't have it? Maybe what are you feeling right now where your phone is off? Um, That's how we know it's on the verge of addiction is our reaction when we don't have it. But I want to talk about scrolling and I want to talk about posting. We know scrolling can be perceived as something that helps us avoid uncomfortable interactions, boredom, meeting new people, solitude, you name it. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 says, look carefully at you, at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because you know the days are evil. So we want to be careful. We want to be proactive with how we use it because you are, some of us are going to be using it. Something I found most helpful, especially in that season where I was obsessing, was just deleting the app off my phone. So then I was in control of it when I went to log onto my Instagram on my computer. You could still access it. You didn't have to deactivate it. But it is a lot harder when you physically pull out your computer, log on, you're trying to share a story, you're trying to comment or see who views your story. It gets a lot harder on your computer, and it's just not quite as accessible. So it really makes you know that you're in control when you log on. I've also set timers on my phone, not just the screen time limit, which I encourage you to do, but how many of us just ignore that and ignore that and ignore that? And if that's you, I'd encourage you to give your friend your password to your screen time. Um, But also just setting a timer on your phone. As we were writing this breakout, I realized that four times when we were on a Zoom call that I tried to open my Instagram account. Like, what are my Instagram apps? Addiction. That's addiction right there. (laughs) It was addiction. Super annoying, dude. (laughs) And so I set my phone down later when I was writing it on my own. And within like four minutes, like you said earlier, I was like, I was wanting to check it. And so I set timers where it's like, in 50 minutes, when this timer goes off, I can look at my phone. Um, And I'm going to set a timer for how long I look at it. So just using the timer app, actually. Personally, I do not explore Instagram's, or I don't use Instagram explore page. And so I just stick to who I personally follow. So I would encourage you to schedule a time to detox who you follow. Detox your story tabs, unfollow people. You don't need to follow your high school friend's friend friend anymore. I'll just be honest. We've all been there and we do that. So delete them from Snapchat, delete them from Instagram. Yeah, you can still follow Sadie Robinson. That's great, uh, Robertson. But if you've never met the person and you are not grown closer to Christ or inspired by that person you have never met, just unfollow them. 
Seek out who inspires you to be better, to look for people who point you to the life that you want through Jesus and unfollow, block, or delete the rest. Not only will that just sanctify you more, but that will save you time from mindlessly following people you don't need to follow that just take up your attention. When it comes to posting, I'd ask yourself, why am I posting? Am I intentionally attaching purpose to this? Is this thoughtful to others? Does it, is it beneficial to others? Does it glorify God? Or am I bringing glory to myself? Am I hoping that X person will see this and feel a certain way? And let me explain that. So that was me. About a year ago, I went through a really hard heartbreak. And I noticed that anytime I would post, I would frequently check to see if the person I had been in a relationship had viewed my story. So I ended up having to delete the apps off my phone for a while because it was becoming so excessive. Like, what does it matter that someone I used to be in a relationship with if they view my story or not? It was giving me this very false sense of control over that person, which wasn't fair to me or to them. And that's something I didn't confess or share to my friends. And I wished I would have because I really did need help in that season. And it was an addiction to uh, this false sense of control, like I said. I think another thing you can do when you're posting is ask, could I go a whole day without checking who commented on this like this or saw what I posted? Because sometimes we're checking, right? Like every hour who's commented, who's posted and a little bit of a lot of time equals a lot of time. So if you're frequently checking it, it just adds up to a time waster. Another question you can ask is, could I wait a week to post this? I think that helps check our motives to see if we need instant gratification to the experience we're having. Ultimately, when we post, we are influencing people one way or another. We're making them feel inspired, encouraged, and affirmed, and giving glory to God, or we're giving glory to ourselves. Yeah, so tool number one sounds like a means of addressing an addiction by asking who's actually in the driver's seat. Yep. Who's actually in the driver's seat? Tool number one. Uh, tool number two, here it is, screen time accountability. Screen time accountability. Okay, let's... Can we be honest? And we're going to do a hand raise here, okay? Raise your hand if you're embarrassed by your screen time. Same. Look, hey, look around. You're not alone. If the hand's not up, I feel yeah, like you're lying. Yeah. I'll, I'm just like, you're lying. Or you Are should you really come healthy? up here yeah. and take or these microphones. Teach, or teach this. <laughs> For sure. Um, screen time accountability. Guys, the average time spent on just social media. So this doesn't all your screen time. This is just social media screen time. Is about three hours per day. Three hours per day, roughly, which is roughly 20 hours of your week. That's a lot of time. Yeah? As Christians, hopefully we have accountability in a lot of areas in our life. Sexual struggles, Bible reading, like the list goes on and on. Yet, for many of us, the thing we spend the most time on is the thing we're, let, we're held least accountable to. In social media and in screen time. Hebrews 4.13 says this, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Guys, we have to get accountability in this place in our lives. It's good for us. My, I was leading a group of guys, and one day we were in a conversation, and they're talking about, I just don't feel like I have time in my life right now. Like, I'm so busy. Like, just so much going on in my life. And I'm like, totally. I get it. I get it. But I've also been in college. Let's pull up that screen time. Yeah? <laughs> so everybody pulls out their phones. And they, let me tell you, everybody would have been raising their hand in this room if we were here. Right? Everybody. Everybody's like, dang. I'm like, so you don't have any time, huh? It's kind of crazy. Wow, that's 20 hours of your week just opened up. That's awesome. 
right? And so what we did for the next week is at the end of every day, we would screenshot our screen time and send it into the group message of the three of us to say, here's how much time I spend on my phone today. It was tough. Some people just got anxiety. I saw it in their so eyes. So much anxiety. I saw it in their eyes. Oh, yeah. the funniest part is like, you're like midday, you pull out your phone just mindlessly and you get on it and like 10 seconds to you're like, dude, that's going to show up tonight when I have to send it to people. You throw that thing down so fast. Screen good, time accountability. So grab two to three people that you have the relationship with to do this and either every night send it or at the end of every week send a screenshot of your screen time from every, don't do the average, the screen time from every day. <laughs> From that week, and trust me, not only will it be a level of accountability, but you'll think about how much you're using it more because you don't want to have to send to your friends later that week, I spent eight hours on TikTok this week, right? Clash of clans. Clash of clans. That would be terrible. (laughs) Terrible. All right, tool number two, screen time, accountability. Drake, hit us with tool number three. Yeah, tool tool number three uh, would just be this. I think if you guys want a really healthy relationship with your phone, it would be to follow this rule of life or this pattern, and it's to uh, divert daily. You're all doing that right now. Good That's job. That's right. Divert daily, <laughs> withdraw weekly, and then abandon annually. Okay, divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. Someone way smarter than me came up with that. Um, I'm not even sure who did originally. I don't think it was Jonathan Bakluda. I heard that. That was good. He stole it from somebody else. Nothing new was under the sun, though, so it's good. Um, those, those three things. Um, and and here's, what, here's what that would look like. So uh, divert daily. Uh, really what that looks like for me is oftentimes I'm trying to put my phone in a different room while I'm having my quiet time in the morning. And so just not even having it in the room with me. I've heard it uh, said that to give your phone a tail, which you're like, what, what does that mean? Uh, really, it's just plugging your phone into charge where it looks like it has a tail, not so much for the sake of charging it, but, but for the sake so it's not on your body often, all the time. So just putting it in another room, giving your phone a tail. Uh, so that's to divert daily. That's what I've been doing uh, right now. The second one is to withdraw weekly. That is just going to be an extended period of time. I just realizing I did I sound rude when I told that guy I wasn't Jonathan McLeod. Anyways, um, <laughs> the second one is to withdraw weekly. Uh, which <laughs> withdraw weekly. This would just be an extended period of time uh, where you are getting away from your phone. So it might actually look like for you guys to leave your phone in your dorm room or in your apartment and go for a walk without your AirPods in. And like, listen to birds. They still exist. And um, to see the sun and to like smell like the actual smells in the world. Smells of Greeley, Colorado. Greeley, Colorado. The greatest place in the world. You guys should move there. God's doing crazy things. Um, And actually just go like go for a walk. Do something. Extended period of time away from your phone uh, to help with what we've been talking about with addiction, with distraction, those types of things. And the last one would just be to abandon annually. Uh, abandon annually. And so uh, for me, what that looks like is for one month out of the year, uh, actually two months, one month leading up to our fall kickoff and one month leading up to our spring kickoff, I'm doing what these guys have already said. I just take social media off of my phone and just get rid of it in that sense. And what I've actually found is that there have been times where I've wanted to look up some information and I just type it on my computer. 
It's a weird thing. I just like, instead of going to my phone, I just like go to my computer instead and like actually look up something, but I'm not going to it just because I'm bored and trying to scroll. Uh, and so that's a, uh, that's really helpful. Another thing, uh, practically that I think you guys can do, uh, just for fun that I heard with, uh, the withdrawal weekly thing is if you guys ever go out to eat with your friends, uh, a really helpful practice that I've heard some people do is just to put your phones face down in the middle. You cannot touch them and just, you have to eat and talk to each other. And uh, the, the rule is for them is that if they pick up their phone before the bill comes, then the person who picks up their phone has to pay for the food. So this is what happens is you're out to Texas Roadhouse eating some sweet rolls and some really good butter. And all of a sudden you guys stop talking to each other because you don't know what to talk about anymore. And then you're looking at each other and you like really want to pick up the phone, but you're like, no, I don't have money. Uh, so I, so what you have to do is actually like, how can I engage in a meaningful conversations with people I actually deeply care about instead of just looking at my phone? And it's a really helpful practice uh, that I would uh, highly encourage you guys to do. So divert daily, uh, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. And here's why I think uh, this is so important. is because God's typical rhythm is the wilderness, Every single time, like if you see God move into someone's life in the Bible, he is almost always calling them out into the wilderness. Like he he did it with Abraham. He did it with Jacob, Moses. He calls out into the wilderness, the nation of Israel. He leads into the wilderness, King David, Hosea, even Jesus, right? They're all having periods going into the wilderness. And you're like, man, why, why the wilderness? Well, I think it's because there's nobody out there. Right, like there's no distractions. And so when God calls us, just like he would be doing to you guys this weekend, when God calls you into a relationship with him, he's actually calling you guys to get away and to be with him and to commune with him and sit down and talk with him. And so the wilderness for us as Christians, it actually isn't a place of weakness. It's really a place where we draw our strength from to go into the wilderness, to be with God, to feel relationally connected to him so that we can go out and actually be salt and light in the world. Like, Speed and distraction is actually the enemy of depth. If you think about a boat, when a boat is going fast, it is just skimming across the water. And so that's going to be the same for your life. When you guys are constantly distracted, when you're constantly going 400 miles per hour, it is really difficult to go deep with your maker, to go deep with God. And so I think the, the plea for you guys would be to get into your old wilderness, to go deep with God, to actually have time with your maker. And you need to have time to stop and reflect and actually go deep with him. Like if you look at Jesus's life, you would see that his life sometimes got crazy, right? Like he would go into towns. People would be asking uh, Jesus, hey, heal us, teach us, be with us. And you would see great crowds start to gather around him so much so sometimes he would forget to eat. Okay. Some of you guys know what that's like. I don't. Um, but some of you guys know what that is like. But Jesus, he had a rhythm. He, he had a rhythm of going into intensity and then retreating out to privacy and intimacy with his father. You see that in Mark 1. You see that in Luke 5. That was his rhythm, going into intensity and then out towards intimacy with his father. That was his rhythm, and I think that that should be yours too. And you're going to need to put some things into place, divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually because nobody naturally is going to drift into godliness. You're not going to just like naturally drift into it because it's oftentimes not our hopes that change us, but gospel-fueled habits that really do. And so if you want to be someone who moves off of the typical rhythm and the treadmill of life, you're going to need to put it, 
in place some things that are going to actually help you, people to keep you accountable. And a lot of you guys, I honestly believe this. I don't think a lot of you guys are here and just need to repent of some crazy sin, but you guys need to get away with your maker, with Jesus, and actually spend time with him and let him restore your soul. Thank you, Drake. Hey, so thank you guys for coming to the social media breakout. We love having you guys. Our prayer as you leave here um, is one, that you choose to follow Jesus with your life. Um, and you are willing to drop all things to do that. And maybe that includes social media. Um, but our prayer is that you follow social, you follow Jesus, not social media. No. That is That's what we're talking about. Opposite of what we're trying to communicate. That you are willing to drop whatever it is and pick up and follow Jesus um, as fast as possible. You guys can go ahead and head to your next breakout. See you guys.